This podcast is brought to you by the Reformed Witness Committee of Hope Protestant Reformed Church in Walker, Michigan. It is our goal to spread our distinct Protestant Reformed views based on the Word of God and the Reformed Confessions. We hope that this message is edifying to you. We are joined today by Mike Valhaus, a member of the Byron Center Protestant Reformed Church and a writer of a series of articles called Bible Obscurities. Mike writes these articles for his church newsletter. Several of them have been printed in other publications, such as The Beacon Lights, a monthly magazine for young people and young adults. Mike is also on the writing staff for the Ignited by the Word Children's Magazine, in which he focuses his writings on Bible and church history topics for the 6th to 8th grade age group. Today we're going to continue in our series of four episodes with Mike, which we will be discussing some of his Bible obscurity articles, both the historical aspects and the spiritual applications we find in each one. The topic of today's episode is God's loving kindness to us undeserving sinners. The example from Scripture we look at today is of David and Mephibosheth, the son of David's dear friend Jonathan. David is, in Scripture, a picture of Christ, and how David deals with Mephibosheth is how our covenant God deals with us in Jesus Christ. We look at a tiny village we find in the Bible called Lodabar, where David found Mephibosheth. Welcome, Mike. Good to have you back. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to it. So, Mike, could you give us a background to this village, this tiny place called Lodabar? Well, if you can think of the map of Israel, on the north end of Israel is the Sea of Galilee. The Jordan River flows north to south on the east side of the Sea of Galilee. If you go to the other side of the Jordan River, several miles, you come to a small village named Lodabar. Lodabar means no pasture or no thing. If you say no thing fast, you get nothing. It was in the middle of nowhere in a barren wilderness, a parched land. Only someone who would be trying to conceal his identity would be living in a place like this. We know from Scripture that a man named Mephibosheth had fled to Lodabar. Could you give us an explanation of who Mephibosheth is and why he was in Lodabar? Well, Mephibosheth was in Lodabar because he was living in fear. He was a son of Jonathan. And as we read in the end of 1 Samuel, the Philistines and the Israelites were at war. And the Philistines won that particular battle. And as a result, King Saul was killed along with Jonathan, his son, and a couple of his other sons. Well, in 2 Samuel 4, we read of one of his sons, Mephibosheth, being carried by his nurse as she fled their city in fear of the Philistines' attack. So as they're running out of the city, something happened that caused the nurse to fall, and that resulted in Mephibosheth damaging his legs permanently. So he was lame for his whole life. So Mephibosheth has fled. Why was he afraid of David? 
Well, he knew that it was pretty typical in that day when one family became the ruling family of a nation that the previous family was oftentimes killed to get rid of all rivals. So Mephibosheth was afraid that if David ever found him, that he would kill him. So that's why he lived in Lodabar, even in poverty and helplessness, because he feared for his life. So even though he felt he had reason to be afraid, what was the reality of the situation for Mephibosheth? Well, the reality is that David would never have done that to him. In 1 Samuel 20, we read of a covenant that Jonathan and David had made, promising to show kindness to each other's families for the rest of their lives. And David did not forget that oath. For in 2 Samuel 9, we read that David asked, Is there any that is left of the house of Saul that I may show kindness for Jonathan's sake? So once David found out that Mephibosheth lived in Lodabar, he sent for him immediately. So you can almost imagine the fear Mephibosheth must have had when the representatives of King David showed up at his door. He was expecting the worst. If you just picture how this all unfolded, they probably even told him that David wanted to show kindness to him. But he was, Mephibosheth was probably so much in fear. That was a very terrifying ride back to Jerusalem for him. You wonder what he was thinking of. Is this the end for me? 75 miles, a long journey behind a beast of burden with this thought in his head. But as we read, once he got to Jerusalem, David remembered his oath. So with these thoughts in his head, what does scripture tell us about what David actually did in his acts of kindness to him? Well, we know that David is a man who keeps his word. He, David even wrote about this in Psalm 15 when he's talking about a man of God. He describes that person as someone that swears to his own hurt and changes not. You know, David had no reason to keep this oath because it was only between him and Jonathan and Jonathan was dead. So no one knew this, but he kept it anyways. So the kindness he showed was he fetched Mephibosheth and had him brought to his palace. We read that he spoke to him kindly. He called Mephibosheth by his name. We read he even restored to Mephibosheth his family's land. He had a son named Micah who was with him. And David allowed Mephibosheth and Micah to eat at his table, the king's table, for the rest of their lives. Why? Because he kept his oath that he made to his friend, Jonathan. All because of that oath, David honored his word before God. So we have kind of the historical background to this circumstance and to this story. 
how can we see ourselves in Mephibosheth? What's the application to us today? Well, Mephibosheth is just a great mirror for us as we are in our sins. We're lame, poor, helpless, fearful of a holy God. Left to ourselves, we exist in Lodabar, which means no pasture. Mephibosheth means mouth of shame. That would be a good way to describe us and our sins. We definitely need a new life. But David gave Mephibosheth a new life by showing him kindness and love and keeping his oath to Jonathan. And that's the same kind of love that we receive from Jesus, our Savior. Isn't that the good news of the gospel? Let's see how Christ shows that love to us with some Bible references. Christ the King sees us in that condition and gives us a new life. He eternally calls us and chooses us to be in his family. He fetches us and brings us to abide in his tabernacle and dwell in his holy hill. We read of that in Psalm 15. In John 10, we read that he calls us by name. Psalm 23 speaks of our shepherd preparing a table so we can eat at that table with him. We are made rich through Christ. We read about that in 2 Corinthians 8, verse 9. This is our new life because Christ fulfills the oath that he has made on our behalf. Our comfort and our healing lie in the mercy and loving kindness of our Christ. This is Jesus' oath to us in John 10, verse 27. And I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Hope PR Ministry Podcast. We are a part of the Protestant Reformed Churches in America, and we are located in West Michigan. Our goal is to spread our distinctive Reformed beliefs. If you have any questions or feedback, please feel free to reach out to us at hoperwc at gmail.com and visit our website at hopeprchurch.org if you would like to learn more about our beliefs. You can also worship with us every Sunday at 9 a.m. and 5 p.m.